Hi, welcome back. I'm certainly glad you could join me today because today is a very special day. Recently, I had the opportunity to travel to New York City and work with Channel 13 there, WNET, and they have what they call Kids Day in the Park, and we were invited to come there and participate and meet all the fantastic people from New York. So I thought today we'd do a show dedicated to all my friends in New York City. The Big Apple. Every year, folks travel to the largest city in America to do all the things. Son of a gun, what a city. What a city. Over 8 million people live in New York. It's a city known for its concrete, its cuisine, its hustle, its bustle. Inhabited by bohemians, actors and authors, writers and recording artists, painters and podcast hosts. There's all types of people in New York City. There's a lot of everything. It can all be a little overwhelming. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. But on one picture-perfect day in 1989, the city's most famous park was overwhelmed with joy. As I say, our day in Central Park was one of the most fantastic days of my life. In fact, maybe we could share a little bit of that with you. Bob Ross's magical day in Central Park left an impression. It pulled back the curtain on public television's Happy Painter. There he is. The guy from the TV was a real guy, a real artist. He really did want to teach you how to paint. So many folks who came out to see Bob that day were in awe of him, excited to meet a man who was always in awe of the world around him, not to mention his own place in it. Bob Ross's time in Central Park was a one-shot deal, but just as he did in other cities, in other countries, wherever Bob walked the earth, wherever he painted it, he inspired us to appreciate art, color, and joy. And even if that inspiration happened in 1989, or it happened yesterday, Bob's legacy isn't just in the paintings. It's in the people. Bob Ross wasn't just painting buildings. He was building painters. Tap in a little bit of color. And let's just make a big decision, maybe. Maybe right along in here lives a happy little tree. Here's the story of one certified Ross instructor who's fairly new to landscape painting, but has a long history of making art, music, and making a big old mess alongside some other colorful characters in the city that never sleeps. Shoot, I think we're about ready. Now then, Annette cut this beautiful design out for me, so let's pull it off and let's see what happens here. There we are. Isn't that fantastic? And you can do this too. Wes Day is a painter. He's a performer too. Years ago, Wes made a big decision to move to the big city. Since then, he spent significant time on stage in New York's East Village and with one very specific color of paint. We're at a historic theater here in New York City. It's a place that I recognize. I've been here a few times. Tell us where we are. We are at the Astor Place Theater. Uh, it's a really famous theater. A lot of different shows have taken place here. Blue Man Group opened up here in 1991. Before that, Al Pacino's performed on this stage. There were the famous Astor Riots that took place over a Shakespeare show. It's just an incredible historical building to have our show in. My connection to Bob Ross, I would say, is uh, being a blue man is all about being in awe of the world around you. I've been a blue man for over 26 years, which is over half of my life. After having been a blue man for so long, 
I think I've really come to really enjoy, you know, studying what is art, you know, and what is an artist. Through the years, I've kind of made my own definition of an artist, and that is someone who elicits thoughts and feelings from someone by sharing thoughts and feelings of their own through personal expression. And that personal expression can be dance, it can be theater, it can be acting, it can be singing, it can be um, sound, it can be poetry. Uh, the way you dress yourself in the morning, the way you present yourself can be an art. Um, that personal expression, I think, lives inside each so and every single one of us. I say, if you've never painted a painting before, but you've always known there's an artist hiding inside of you, this is the one to get started on because it'll work. It'll work the first time, guaranteed. You know, the blue men, just like Bob, are trying to figure out what does it mean to be, to be human? What does it mean to have this ritual where we make art together? And I think that they're just trying to understand what it means to experience life on Earth as a human this day and age. And I think one of the biggest things that, that blend Bob Ross and Blue Man is that they encourage you to go forth and be creative in your own life. You can do it, Blue Man, you can do it. The Blue Men are encouraging you to follow your bliss and to go and be creative in your own life and to go and do something that inspires others to go and do what inspires them. artist license here. Remember I've, I've mentioned when you buy your first tube of paint, you get an artist license. It says you can do anything that you want to do, at least on this canvas. Anything that you want to do. I like it. Shoot, when I go home the only thing I can do is empty the garbage. But on this canvas I can create worlds. I can create worlds. There. And so can you. A lot of folks have a pandemic story, a pandemic pivot. Um, I had been a blue man all my life, and when the pandemic hit, all theater shut down. I lost my livelihood, I lost the way I expressed myself, I lost, um, you know, kind of a lot. And, um, and I started selling cars. Trust me, but you heard that the last time you went to buy a used car, didn't you? I became a car salesman. And uh, it was really difficult. I was not that great at it. So I started making paintings in my garage and I started making spin art, and I started using acrylics. And um, I really wanted to level up. I really had never studied the art of painting. I moved back to New York City, and I started watching Bob Ross. And uh, I just loved the way he, his excitement, uh, his, he's in awe at the world around him, and he just has such a nice, natural way to teach you how to build a landscape. I really wanted to learn how to paint a picture that I was proud of. and. Um, Bob just encouraged you to go ahead and pick up the paintbrush and always says you can do it too. And you can do it. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. Every day I see evidence that people can do this. Literally thousands of people have picked up brushes and tried. And that's all it takes. Any actor, any creative, any bohemian would say, that part of painting, part of acting, part of performing, every experience is a learning experience, right? Absolutely. So in that sense, it, it kind of acted in a, in a strange, but maybe typical West Day way, it acted in, in that sort of role for you. Yeah, it, you're so right. You're so right. That's really insightful because I do think like, I think that uncomfortable feeling happens when you choose to venture into any sort of artistic expression. 
And if you can push through beyond that discomfort, that's where you get the reward on the other side. I like to see the sparkle come in people's eye when they, when they painted their first picture and it works for them and it's, oh, it does good things in here. Just like if you've, if you've never taught other people to paint, if you know how, you don't understand how selfish it really is because the teacher gets more out of it probably than the pupil. That's the reason for years and years I traveled and taught. It was one of the most rewarding and satisfying things that I'd ever done. I met so many super people. And I was very uncomfortable when I first started painting. Um, I had never painted with oils. And um, when I went to become a CRI, I felt like I was in the presence of people who had studied Bob Ross and had practiced. And getting certified was just a formality. Um, and I felt like quite a beginner, um, even in the painting classes. And I had that same uncomfortable feeling um, at selling cars that I did becoming a CRI. Now you went to Muncie to get your certification. You trained with one of the guests on the podcast, Faye Fletcher. I did, yes. What was I, that like? That was incredible. Um, I certainly would not be the... <laughs> You're going to make me cry. <laughs> Faye Fletcher means a lot to me. Um, she probably doesn't know this, but uh, she taught me how to paint. She was very open in her teaching. And um, I, like I said, I went through a lot of uncomfortable feelings, uh, a lot of discomfort learning to paint. And Faye just kind of took me by the hand, guided me along. And um, I just uh, think the world of, of Faye Fletcher. And um, I, I wouldn't be the painter I am without her. And um, she's just extremely encouraging and which is one of the greatest influences for me um, in doing this. I came from studying acting and I came from studying performance. And I'm really confident, like I said, doing anything related to performance. If on day one, Faye had said, I need you to stand up here and talk to the class, I'd be like, oh, no problem. Hey, <laughs> you want me to talk? I can talk. But it wasn't that. It was like, you know, watch me and try to paint like this. And I was just like in the back of the class, like, um... <laughs> so I was nervously eating all the time. I would be like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna paint. And then I would look at the person next to me and theirs would look beautiful. And I would just think, oh gosh, mine looks like, Mine looks terrible, um, and I, I don't know what to say other than uh, painting did not come natural to me either, and I, I'm used to being in, in performance-related classes where I'm kind of a natural, and I'm kind of got a, I, I feel confident, and in this I didn't feel any confidence, and Faye really helped me feel good about what I was doing, that I am <laughs> a good painter, that I can do this. It takes practice. It takes some discipline. Um, if you just depends on how good how good do you want to be. Talent is a pursued interest. In other words, anything that you're willing to practice, you can do. And this is no exception. But it's like driving the car. At first, it's a little difficult. You have to learn how to make your hands and your foots work together. Same thing, and that's what we're trying to teach you here. Is the technique. Once you have the technique down. All you need is a dream in your heart and a desire to put it on canvas. Bob preaches that, Faye preaches that, and if your intentions are good, uh, you will find success. There's an old saying, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. Devote some time to practicing. If there's a secret to this or any style of painting, whether it 
whether it be portraits or florals, lands, it makes no difference. If there's a secret, it's practice. It's practice. I always like the story about the, the great violin player, and he played a concert, and afterwards, a lady came up to him, and she says, oh my gosh, she says, you're so fantastic. She says, I would, I would give half my life to be able to play like you do. And he looked at her and he said, I did. So that's all, it's just practice. So I went to Bob Ross School and look what I learned. You too can be a certified Ross instructor. This is my first time trying Bob Ross on my own. I bought some oil paints, I bought a canvas and thought, you know what, I'm gonna paint a cabin in the woods. Somebody asked me one time why I don't ever put chimneys on my cabin. I don't know, it's just something I've just got in the habit of not doing. But when you paint your cabin, shoot, put a, put a chimney in it if you want. Maybe my little guy's got electric heat. Living we out here in the woods. And this is my cabin. <laughs> uh, and these are, I guess, the woods. This is the sky. And I think I was going for a cloud or a mountain. I think I was going for a cloud. Now this is freestyle? This is freestyle, yeah. I, although I wouldn't be surprised if I actually was following along with Bob's. And I, I guarantee you that's what I was probably trying to do. And then, you know, I think that I go through what everyone goes through, which is like, you know what, it needs more paint. <laughs> and just start, just start stabbing at the canvas. And, and, and playing it probably like a drum. Being like, you know what, I hear Bob make these sounds. So I'm gonna make these sounds too. And because I'm making the sounds, the painting's gonna come out right. And that's not really how it works. It takes a very light touch. It takes the right amount of paint. The right amount of paint, the right amount of pressure, and, uh, and you need to uh, practice for a really long time. Now you mentioned you're a relatively new certified Ross instructor. Yes. Now show us what you have in your hand. Here. Yes. So this would be the my latest painting. This and this is actually a cabin, you know, in the woods here. You can see very clear cabin, very clear mountain. You can see like what CRI training does for someone. Uh, it kind of clears up uh, a lot of uh, a lot of things that when you watch Bob paint, uh, there are a lot of misconceptions because he does it so fast. And I think when you go through CRI training, they really slow the process down so you can see, oh, it only takes this, this amount of paint. It only takes this amount of pressure. And it, you know, if you hold the knife without your finger you know, on the blade, you won't get that pressure. If you hold it on the sides and sort of keep the handle lifted until you bring it down, they, they show you so many things at CRI training to help you improve your painting technique overall. And this is a good contrast of two. This is totally me trying to make a cabin, just like Bob Ross before and this is after school. How long does it take for West Day to get from this to this? Probably one year. And you can do it with a minimum of time and practice and effort. And to me, I like that very much. It opens the world of art to any person, any person who has ever wanted to put a dream on canvas. You can do it. You don't have to go to school half your life. You don't have to know Leonardo da Vinci is a personal friend. You can paint this. Being a, an instructor is a performance and leading a class is, uh, you're putting yourself out there in a very vulnerable way. And I think that's why I love Faye so much. It's because she really puts herself out there, really opens her heart and shares what she knows about painting. And just like the student, Faye is, 
open to making mistakes, just like an instructor. I, 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 I'm still learning, and it's always good to have that student mindset. And a teacher can make mistakes, a student can make mistakes, but there are the rule <laughs> is that there are no mistakes, only happy accidents. Let's wash your old brush. Let's wash the brush. <laughs> and just beat the devil out of it. Off we go. When we were children, uh, we were allowed to make mistakes. We were allowed to be messy. That's how you figure things out. That's how you find out who you are. And how does this all work? We sort of lose that permission along the way to make mistakes, to be messy. We don't make mistakes. We have happy accidents. Just don't worry about it. Learn how to use what happens. See? Shoot, maybe that'd even be pretty. Let's just, let's just do that. And uh, I think that's probably one of the greatest gifts that uh, I've received from being a blue man and being a Bob Ross certified instructor is that giving yourself permission to make mistakes and giving yourself permission to be messy is just gonna help you figure out you know, who you are and figure out how does this all work and in turn, what it is I should be doing. painting, like Bob Ross, a happy accident can mean any number of things with that paintbrush. Too much paint, not enough paint. I'm sure you experienced that early on when you were you know, first pursuing this. For me, I think happy accidents in Blue Man Group occur when the audience does something that we don't expect. We have a piece in the show that we call The Feast. We take an audience member, we bring them up on stage where there's plates and silverware set, and we have a little ritualistic meal with them and we never know how they're going to react. We sort of set the table for spontaneity to occur. And we sort of are setting the audience up to have a, an authentic reaction. And it happens on a nightly basis. And I think that those happy accidents are really what the audience sees. And the audience kind of sees themselves up on the stage. You know, they've been watching the blue men in this world do things and the blue men look start to look kind of normal up here. But when you bring an audience member up, all of a sudden now they look like the alien, watching that spontaneity and watching the audience member try to get it right and the blue men try to get it right, I think that's the, uh, the happy accidents that occur in, in our show nightly. It's like humanity just kind of illustrated in a different way than somebody putting a paintbrush on a canvas. You're kind of playing off your audience. Yes. There's a, there's, a, there's a blue man gone rogue. What's that? <laughs> there's a blue man gone rogue. <laughs> He'll be okay. He'll, he he'll wants make to go it. on the rock. <laughs> You can't tell them what to do. It'll be okay, don't you worry about it. You do. worry about your own booth. The blue man sees himself as an artist. You're cheering for him, and you see the blue man make a mistake, and then turn it into something great. And the same thing with Bob. Look at that. See, that all those things come down. Right now, it looks like a mess. It looks like a mess, but when we turn that into reflections, then it's gonna be spectacular. And he gets excited about turning a little part of the shadow, you know, of the mountain into something amazing. And, and he, he's always wanting to show you 
the amazing parts of the world. He's, you can always, I can just hear his voice saying, all right, look here, look here. Let's get crazy. Maybe, look here, look here, look here. Why not? Why not? Let this just come right across here. And I think that's the similarity in the blue men. They find things that are seemingly normal objects and find the beauty and find the amazing and the, the wonder. are special. We're, we're a little different. We're a little weird. And we can get away with stuff like that. There we go. People look at me when I'm like I'm a little strange. I go around talking to squirrels and rabbits and stuff. That's okay. Tell me what it's like to be a good CRI. What does it take to be a good instructor and teach people how to paint like Bob? Well, I think what you want to do is give them the confidence to know that they can do this and give them the step-by-step -step process that just like Bob shows you. You start with the background, you start with the clouds, and you just keep pushing forward with the mountain, and you just keep pushing forward until you get into the foreground. And then at the very end, just like Bob, you put your own personal little signature, you put your own personal little touch on it. I think the blue men have made their own little paintings. Oh, that looks good. Look at that. Still life. Very nice. Very steady hand. And that. Oh, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Look at that. <laughs> looks great. Nice job, fellas. Now, you have a musical background. You were a drummer. Yes, I started playing drums. Yes. Now talk about what we're looking at behind us here. Um, you know, how does your musical background, um, you know, dictate you being a blue man for as long as you've been? Well, I, luckily, my parents bought me uh, a drum set uh, when I was in the ninth grade. I started playing drums in sixth grade. I broke my leg. I was into sports, and um, and I started playing percussion. And uh, and I, I went to uh, I went to a couple of band camps, but I also studied acting. And when I auditioned for the show, obviously the uh, percussive skills translate to the PVC instrument. They're very unique. We hit the top of them with a, uh, a foam paddle, and the technique is very similar to playing the vibraphone. Um, and it's very similar to playing xylophone. It's, it's a lot of fun, and you do have to have a really good sense of rhythm and timing, and, uh, and having a percussive background helps a lot. I'm fascinated, but can, we, can you show me something? Absolutely, yeah, let's go up. So what are, what are we doing here? Okay, these things? so these are the PVCs, and just like Bob, you know, uses color yeah. to say, you know, that you can create your own little world. Well, these blue men use sound to create their world. Mm. And the PVCs, these are tuned to different pitches, and um, we use them to communicate with the audience. I'll show you a little pattern. You want to try that?
That's right. That's right. And then you put them. Oh, actually, we'll uh, we'll let the blue men let, do it. Let the pros do it. is a blue man. He's a Bob Ross man, too. Like most everyone else I've met in the Bob Ross universe, Wes is warm, compassionate, and kind. His life story is a canvas full of color and of wonder. Some of the pain he's added is intentional. Some of what's happened on that canvas is mystical. And it's all built on a foundation of belief. A belief in his ability to create. A belief recently rejuvenated by his love for Bob Ross and by his CRI training. I told you this was going to be one of those days where we just played and had fun, but I want to get you to try being creative on canvas, just to take your time and, and sit down and have nothing in mind when you start. A belief that on every happy path, there's a few happy accidents, that our lives have a rhythm, a heartbeat, that we need to listen to the music swelling in our souls. Just have a good feeling and be happy and, and in love with life and your world and, and sit down and begin playing. And if you feel good about yourself and the world, It'll show in your painting, and all these little things will happen. And whether it's a fuzzy-haired painter holding a paintbrush, or three blue dudes hitting color-coded pipes with paddles, you need not look far to find inspiration in the weird and the wonderful. And make some decisions. Where does this little path live? Where does it go? You have to decide those things. In your world, you have absolute and total power. And just like Bob Ross, West Day and the Blue Man Group, have shown us that when you're in awe of your surroundings, when you're surrounded by colorful people, you're bound to find the awesome wonders inside yourself. And this canvas is your world, and you can do anything here. Yeah? You're going to take your painting with you? Anything that you want to do. <laughs> Thank you so much, Wes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The Blue Clock at the Theater tells me we've got another finished podcast episode. I want to thank my guest, Wes Day. Special thanks to Erica Jacobson, the staff at the Astor Place Theater, and the Blue Man Group for their hospitality. This happy little episode was co-produced, filmed, and edited by Mark Stetson at GB Pro with help from James Shapiro at Janssen Media and Warren Shaw. Support your local public television station. Say thanks for giving us Bob Ross and the Joy of Painting. We'd love to see your paintings. Use hashtag PaintLikeBobRoss. Bob Ross certified instructors, they're the only ones that know how to teach you Bob's world-famous painting method. Don't settle for second best. Find a local CRI at BobRoss.com and then click Take a Class. Got your own Bob Ross story to tell? You can leave us a message at 866-FANBRUSH or email it to us at podcast at bobross.com. And you can follow us on Facebook at The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross. I'm Ron Scalzo. The Joy of Bob Ross is written and produced by me, Ron Scalzo, in partnership with Bob Ross, Inc. Bob Ross name and images are registered trademarks of Bob Ross, Inc.